0: Welcome back to the School of Calisthenics, a playground session. This week's playground was a UKSCA national conference in Milton Keynes. And we were very fortunate to catch up with the amazing Pete McKnight, chairman of the board of the UKSCA, um, because we were presenting at the conference a um, presentation entitled Calisthenics, Strength,
1: Play and Bomb Proof Shoulders. So it was great to uh, share a little bit of that with um, the SNC community uh, but also more exciting is that we have launched off the back of it um, the first Uh, calisthenics coaching seminar at the school calisthenics which is going to be on the 13th of october and places it's only been on sale for a day and i think pretty much half the places have gone so by the time this goes out next week i hope there's still some places available for you make sure you check it out um, and if you are interested get booked on quickly and we've
0: got an early bird offer guys so use code early bird up until the end of august um, to get the prices 175 rather than 200 with the early bird discount Um, and if you want to see a little bit of a head up with some of the content, just an idea of what some of the information that we shared was. We got um just a video on the website over overviewing what happened, but also if you use the hashtag bombproof shoulders on Twitter, you can get a little bit of a preview of some of the slides and the conversation that we have with the guys. So made that that who came up with that that, that code for the early bird? It's genius. I don't know, it must be the marketing department. <laughs> More intelligent people than you and I, Dave.
1: <laughs> Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's podcast. Welcome back to the School of Calisthenics podcast and we are actually live, nipped out from the UKCA Commons to talk to the Big Cheese, a.k.a. self-proclaimed Big Cheese as oh, I call himself, so. um, Pete McKnight. Um, he is a Big Cheese because he is the chairman. That's a very... Um, High profile position, but um, yeah, Pete, you've um just introduced yourself to the listeners, um, just give us a bit of info on your background. You've had an interesting um career in sport and s and doing some fascinating stuff in Formula One now, which I'm very jealous of.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, firstly, I just want to say thanks to, to you guys for your session this morning at the UKSCA. I mean, you totally knocked it out of the park. <laughs> um, it, we, that was we, plan B. <laughs> yeah. we sent a message around the WhatsApp group last
0: night going we're going to yeah. knock it out of the tomorrow so it makes me happy that you feel like we did that <laughs> Well, <laughs> the
1: other option
2: was we were all otherwise we were going to go home at lunchtime <laughs> so
1: it didn't go well
2: yeah I mean from the start with those pictures of you half naked on the screen you know was set the tone Question question um... <laughs> <laughs> we are going to it, there was an internal meeting about
0: that as to whether whether that's appropriate or people are going to rock up and go you guys are you actually lots. asked
1: a number of
0: people yeah, didn't you, whether, you whether, it yeah. it, <laughs> <laughs> whether it is I could tell you were slightly run.
2: worried about it. But anyway, it, it was great. The session was great. What I really liked was the fact that it's just something different from your traditional kind of SNC talk or practical. Um, but it's so easy to integrate. Um, it's so applicable and relevant and um, and with a great evidence base as well. So uh, and I'm, I'm probably slightly biased, but I love calisthenics as a as a fan um not as a participant really but i've been kind of i, I feel feel really motivated to go away and practice yes. my skills and develop them um from this morning so what again, did you say your record of muscle ups was well yeah so, yeah. I, so actually, not, I don't really practice it but now listen to the we go. Well, on. <laughs> I, I actually got into pull-ups in the big way uh, about so well Sort of five, five to ten years ago, over a five-year period, was doing a lot of pull-ups, a lot of weighted pull-ups. Got up to like a fifty-kilo weighted pull-up, which I know it's nothing special, but it's it's it's, it's It's okay. And then, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) nearly Uh, body weight, roughly body weight, seventy-five kilo body weight. Yeah, Um, yeah. and then um, and then just saw somebody do muscle up uh, muscle up on 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 the internet and thought I'd try it and managed to do it. Um, Just like that. Pretty much (laughs) first You've got that Uh, much uh, pulling strength in the locker, muscle becomes (laughs) a lot easier. Exactly. And then, and then, was doing like uh, four sets of five muscle ups and and stuff like that. And just, and then one day, um, I was in. Um, Ushuaia which is a city in Argentina right at the bottom of Argentina so almost in um, you know, Antarctica you're yeah. right in, in the middle of nowhere we were there for a month with the French ski team right. um, in September um, skiing Um, because we used to go there for a month every summer and um, I was in the gym with one of the the French skiers who was a real strong lad and we just said, look, why don't we have a muscle-up competition? So (laughs) we went for it and he went first and he did 13 reps and I was like, oh my goodness. And I'd been doing sets of, you know, fours and fives and I think I'd probably done eight or ten in a row um, and, and I thought I'd give it a bash and knocked out 16 I think the last the three or four probably had about five or ten second rest between them but I didn't lose my grip you know? yeah, so, yeah that's a real like,
0: similar story from when we first learned to ring muscle up because like we'd been trying for a while and we hadn't really at that time understood the importance of the false grip and I was in the gym by myself messing about and I did my first ring muscle up and I was like, right, this is gonna piss Jacko right off because he wasn't there. So I, I set my phone up and I was literally just recording it so I could send it to him. And he walks in the door and he's like, Jacko, I've just done a ring muscle. Up. So I did one, like, and showed him. And he's like, right, I'm not even that. And that was the day. The same yeah, day. So that you just did your literally because I was annoyed. Or that
1: that, that <laughs> sort of sense of competition drew more. Well, if that sounds of it, drew six more reps out for you. What? It's just yeah.
2: interesting the yeah. psyche of. Yeah, I mean, Training. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> embarrassingly, I can't do one ring muscle up and I've had CrossFit people talk me taught me through the false grip. I've tried sort of yeah. I've tried sort of false grip ones with my feet on the floor, just kind of yeah. pulling, and and all the regressions of, of a full ring muscle up, and I can't do it. So I will I will do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm determined. I promise live
1: on the podcast. We all saw that. You yeah, we're going to have a Yeah, recession. Recession. Made, <laughs> yeah so like you've you've actually it's a bit easier. that like you've moved back from. Um, you were in Annecy in France and yeah. you've moved back to the UK so it will be easier to actually make that that happen but just you've when I to speaking to you earlier off the, off the recording you've done you've been to a lot of places and done a lot of stuff just yeah. like give us a bit of background in sure. where did it where did your career start and then how did it
2: how did it come yeah, I mean, I, into you, it yeah so to answer your question I kind of diverted and went down and yeah, no, 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 I'll come to back to your question, I but it, really I'm more, how many muscles you can well, I'm more interested <laughs> in talking about calisthenics <laughs> yeah, than, yeah, I am, yeah. than I am about my own career, but I'll tell you that anyway in a nutshell. It's the never... one person <laughs> who doesn't know who the chairman of the UKSJ is. Yeah, um, no, so I, I studied um, physics and sports science at Loughborough University, um, and was going to go into physics because I I liked it at the time kind of or I was okay at it and I was rubbish at sports science and um, so I was going to do a physics PhD and then sort of last minute pivoted and changed my mind and thought I'm going to go down the sports science route even though I'm not very good at it I love sport I love coaching and I'm really passionate about that so um, and I kind of landed on my feet straight away. I, I, went, I went out and got some vocational qualifications. I did the um, NSCA, CSCS. I did an American College of Sports Medicine qualification and a few other bits and pieces and basically applied for a job in the gym on campus at Loughborough, Powerbase gym, and got a job there. And um, then I ended up getting mentored and um, my career kind of just progress from there and I got um, opportunities to work with um, British swimming, British triathlon and a few good level athletes um, from some of the um, Olympic teams very early on with, um, you know, some good mentors around me. So from there I went and then got a job with the um, EIS. No, actually, I went um, at, in 2004, um, five sort of time, went to work in Thailand and India And I worked with tennis and cricket and football and a few other sports over there. Um, And then came back to the UK and in 2005 got a job with the EIS for four years. I was with them. Um, That was a fantastic time of development and learning as well. Um, Worked across a number of sports, track and field, swimming, triathlon and a few others, rowing. Um, And then from there went to... um, Leicestershire County Cricket for for two years two seasons again another really interesting time and at the same time I was working with England Cricket all of that S&C work all S&C but throughout the whole time I was looking for chances to develop in leadership and and that kind of area as well so um, and then from uh, cricket. I went to work in alpine skiing in in France and Obviously. worked with yeah natural
1: progression yeah the
2: French <laughs> alpine ski team did four seasons with them and then I got a job with Hints of Performance who I work for now and that's been um, Formula One and um, motorsports and then uh, a few other sports yeah. as well and that has been largely um, kind of moving the science side forward within within Formula One and the coaching side but also. Doing some of the business and management side on the for the sports business, so I've kind of tried to hold these two areas of um, kind of performance science and strength and conditioning with the leadership and kind of business side of things together and. and uh, yeah I'm really interested in both Tim areas. loves the
1: name Clang just drop it in for me so you you, man, you were saying you manage some of the coaches that work one on one with some big dogs in Formula we 1
2: we work yeah. we've got 12 drivers that we're associated with so you just kind of mm, it's quite okay. easy to deduct from you know from you the big teams yeah, you yeah. know and so we work with the, the drivers who are kind of the you know, at the, the top, and those who, who were, you know, not finishing in the top 10 as well. And and we work right across the board in, in Formula One and motorsports. So there's, yeah, it's it's all of them really. I love that um,
0: that breadth of experience. I, I remember when I was working yeah. in, in a university setting, I was doing tasks, and I came out of the first three years of SNC and I worked with like 30 different sports because you get everything from mm. horse riding to wakeboarding to golf. Um, netball and then, like, standard crickets and rugby, and you just put in different hats on all the time. And, and one of the things I, I really valued about that experience was I no, I no longer thought that much about sport specificity as being a primary driver. I just looked at human movement and then understood what the requirements of the sport was, and then you can start to apply it. And one thing I'm really interested to to talk, touch on about your S&C career, and then we'll get into some calisthenic stuff, is because there's a bit of a crossover from what I've seen about alpine skiers and snow sports, there's a lot of a sense of maybe a slightly different approach to training. I've seen guys, like, doing, like, obstacle courses on instability and jumping, hopping around, and it looks, like, a lot of fun. Did you get into any of that sort of stuff with your guys? When you talk to guys and do, like, freestyle sports, they're, like, especially snowboarders and, and the slopestyle guys, you can't train them like we would normally train a... what. Jeremy Shepard last, yes, last year, year called like a square sport. Yeah, um, and how did, did you? Where have you kind of found creativity and play within, within some of those sports that you've worked in? Is it in those alpine sports? Or is it elsewhere?
2: And what you've been doing? Yeah, I think in in a lot of sports really. I mean, the the advantage of um, changing jobs so often has been that I've had the you know the ability to see lots of different things in lots of different sports. Obviously, there's a downside because you don't really get deep in a sport for. long long period of time but it's been great to see lots of different things and then to be able to go to a sport um analyze the needs of the sport and then be able to apply some of your experience that you brought from other areas and um so with the ski team for example we did all sorts of different um modalities of training so we did a lot of the traditional um kind of weightlifting to get strong we did um Bike work for the aerobic and anaerobic gymnastics. Um, was it across all, all disciplines of skiing, or was it no, downhill? It was it was alpine skiing, yeah. which is the four downhill disciplines: yeah. so slalom, giant slalom, super yeah, yeah. G, and, and downhill. Um, and so, so they're not these guys are not freestyle skiers. However, we did um, quite a lot of gymnastics. So. Um, we would go to in the off season we'd go to a gymnastic centre once a week and we'd have them tumbling we'd have them jumping into foam pools we'd have them doing um, a lot of uh, handstand work and and back somersaults and roly pollies and everything and they were really good at it and trampolining as well and they were really good and the philosophy was these guys need to have good spatial awareness. They're skiing at 100 miles an hour, yeah. um, you know, 80 to 100 miles an hour, so 160 kilometers an hour is your kind of top speed in downhill. Um, and if they fall, they need to know how to roll. But also, yeah. you need to be generally coordinated for skiing Um, and and so we did all that kind of thing but also because these guys are i would say the alpine skiers they're not as um wild and kind of um loose as as freestyle skiers because those guys Mm. are just totally loose but they're not (laughs) as kind of um disciplined and as traditional and linear in their training as like a track and field runner yeah um, they sit in the middle so they, they can cope with some of the traditional sort of track work or yeah. lifting work in the gym but they like some of the crazy stuff as well so we would go away and do camps where we'd do downhill mountain biking and they'd just go crazy which you can't do with a football team, because if they fall off and break their leg, then you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. But with skiers, it's like, well, it's safer yeah, than skiing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anything and it, safe It's interesting or that they like,
0: they like that they extreme going. side of it, because yeah. ultimately, you say they're not quite like this for freestyle at- athletes, but they're still athletes that like going down mountains at 100 miles an hour. Exactly, so exactly. they have excitement side of it, which yeah. running around a track is, is not quite as Tim, extreme. was
1: snowboarding for the first time ever. Yes. Last, like, in, when in February, I was felt like I was going 100 miles an hour I'm very scared Um, I love the mountains and the the winter sports if
0: that would be for me my dream was—I used to be a scuba diving instructor. I wanted to do six months summer season and six months in the winter, but I never quite managed the winter season. So whenever yeah. re- when I retire, that's what I'm going to go and do. It'll be like that 80-year-old dude just bimbling around the mountain Honestly, so you can ski
2: at any age, and it is—it is so good. It's I, mean, a great sport, I I love yeah. it. We, I, yeah, I would do it every weekend if I could, and, and, and did when I lived in yeah, France. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> tramp, <laughs> the trampolining work was that with the skis on? No, no. But, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Talk to us a bit about. Um, let's, let's switch into into some of the calisthenics side of stuff. Um, we obviously what we presented today was a, was a fairly. Uh, well, we uh, It's funny. It's innovative, but it's not. Do you know what I mean? Like we, I was watching some of the older guys who've been in SNC for some time, and they're walking around during the practical session, going, "When we were kids, this is this was training. Mm. So it's not new, but at the same time, we're now putting it into an environment where it is quite new and innovative because mm. it, society yeah. has changed and training habits have changed and what kids are doing now when they're growing up is different um in terms of w- where you see calisthenics in a strength and conditioning environment and with a sports population um what are your thoughts around mm-hmm. around that what, what it potentially offers and, and what role it has to play well, I think
2: there's two things like for me I think um it, it's not new because it back in the day it was in the PE curriculum at school but um right now it isn't and yeah. and it hasn't been for 20 odd years so athletes that are coming through now are quite can be quite one dimensional if they've not played lots of sports yeah. if they've not had the opportunity to do gymnastics trampolining and and all if they haven't played if they haven't been jumping out of trees and running around doing handstands in the garden if they've just played football or if they've just done their sport then they've missed a whole body of work yeah. And so for me, that's the first thing. You're, you're filling in gaps with this work in just general conditioning, general coordination, um, muscle capacity, um, ligament and tissue strengthening. You know, it, it, you're filling in a gap. So that's one thing. The other thing is you're, you're, you found a way of bringing that um, body of work um, in a specific way into sports because you've obviously done your homework, you've read your research, and you you've presented some pretty compelling data about how this is a really really good way of conditioning um, your shoulders, for example. And that's only one area. There's going to be the trunk and lower back and other things as well. Yeah. That uh, you know, but you, especially the, sh- the, the shoulder. And so in terms of um, the velocity of, of work you're doing in the shoulder, the intensity and the loading um, that athletes just are missing out on often and and you talk about it a lot but in in the rehab processes they're going from kind of slow controlled light movements straight back into their sport and there's nothing in between and i think like this is this is an area where it's kind of specific training or or fun you know it's it's functional necessary training so you've got those two different areas one is you're filling in gaps that people have missed out on as kids secondly you're providing something really specific and meaningful to fill gaps so it's not going to replace all types of training and you guys know that and and I don't think people are nobody's misunderstanding you and thinking you're saying that all you need is calisthenics, but it has got definitely got a role.
1: Yeah, there's almost like too like a lot of the people that might listen to the podcast might be they just love calisthenics and they're mm. not a professional athlete and mm. they're not training for any sport. So like they're just all in on bodyweight mm. calisthenics because mm. it just fits with what they do. Um, but there's just been some really interesting conversations already today, and I'm sure there will be over the weekend around how can it fit in as part of a. S&C program that would include Olympic lifting and other type of movements. And uh, to be honest, we we were uh, there was some nerves and some apprehension of standing up in front of um, 100 odd people that potentially only like and only want to do Olympic lifting Mm. and and saying, well, there's some other stuff that we could add in as well. But you know, there's some really it was probably more positive than I thought it was going to be. Um, just interested to know your thoughts on how how certain things, how certain parts of what we talked about with the calisthenics around the shoulder. Can fit into someone's SNC program because there was some stuff where it's like it goes side by side. There's some people say, well, it could be like the start of then and then moving into weights and that sort of stuff. How would you see it fitting into someone's?
2: I, I, I don't know. I mean, attention? I've not I've not really thought in depth about it, but I think some of the the, the handstand progressions, you know, they they can be used in in warm ups, um, but they can also be. Used as a as a block session in itself, that you you do you know as a block area of shoulder conditioning that you might have as part of your session. You yeah. know, like, right? We're going to do some shoulder work <clears throat> now, and 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 so on. But I've not kind of thought in detail about the programming aspect of it. Um, there was one thing I wanted to say though, and and a slight kind of change of subject though. Yeah. But what I like about what you're doing is. Um, I think there's real credibility in the way you've gone about this because of your background. So, if you had come from Cirque du Soleil or a circus or from parkour or something like that, we'd be a lot uh, better. <laughs> you'd be a lot better. But, I mean, yeah. th- and there's nothing wrong with those things, they're, yeah. they're all great. But I don't think you would have the same understanding of sports. You wouldn't have the same understanding of uh, performance and, and coaching and progressions and regressions and injury and yeah. rehabilitation that you 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 do. And because of your stories of um, professional sports. Um, and, and injuries yeah. and rehab and, and then being SNC coaches yourself and then getting into calisthenics and then getting good at calisthenics and then getting strong shoulders and overcoming these difficulties. I think it's it, one, it's a compelling message to you understand the whole process. And I think that's really powerful. And I think that's why, um, you know, you guys and your company and your organization will go a long way and be really good. And I think I think that's great. Yeah, I think it's really interesting I've been involved with the
0: UK for about 10 years now it was throughout my career and um, it definitely feels like there's a shift in strength and condition happening when I first started it felt like it was still very much strength training we were strength coaches um, and it was a lot of it was the, the chat and the conversation was around um, Olympic lifting and get, get athletes strong and The rest of the stuff is somebody else's problem. Um, And I remember seeing Franz Bosch speak at the conference in Nottingham a while back, and he was putting some stuff out there. I was like, this is going to make people uncomfortable because he's talking about some concepts which are going away from strength is the most important thing to movement control, motor learning, and and stabilization. He's Even to the point where he's like going, put different weights on the other side of a squat bar and make people move and then get them to challenge it. And I was sat there going, this is not going to go down. (laughs) He is not getting invited back. But over the years, what's been amazing is I think the organization and, and. and see is moving in a really positive way. And I, I don't know if that's influenced by what's happening in, in America or Australia or what we're seeing from just different forms of movement that are becoming popular and people are realising that that has value in an athlete's programme. Or are we becoming better educated and understanding that the, the training an athlete isn't, isn't a one-dimensional process, that we have to understand that there are lots of different needs. And even talking to Gil today, and he was like, block periodization He said, if we don't train athletes it's not as simple as just putting four blocks of four weeks together and, and progressing through. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting place of where we're coming, where we can actually go to go and speak today and, and be fairly well-received because it, if we'd done that maybe 10 years ago, it could have been a different message. But I loved it that, that Gil was one of those guys who has been involved in the organisation for a long time. We had a great conversation today about how he's using gymnastics, being a gymnast mm-hmm. himself, but very much still teaching Olympic lifting from seven years old but also teaching gymnastics at that same time. I think yeah. it's just
1: how it fits in in common. Compliments, he's really interesting. Yeah, um. Yeah. and he's just for anyone that doesn't know him, he's yes, he's done gymnastics, but he's also been played rugby and played scrum half. And prop, yeah. which I think is generally impossible. But went from simple <laughs> path to prop in mean, the worst way. Like, yeah. You're supposed to get, you but the number is supposed to increase as you yeah, get, as you go. But when you, yeah. you say gymnast, what comes in people's head is maybe like yeah, true. But you still walk to path as well, like ours, <laughs> yeah. where it's not that it's not that simple mm. and easy.
2: Yeah, no, I mean I think strength and conditioning has gone on a, a bit of a journey, and there's I I think that there's a couple of things. One is that there is um, more and more kind of um, practical um, field-based research going on um, which has really helped move the career uh, the the profession forwards Um, so we understand more about physical preparation and we've got more empirical data on you know what is important what isn't important and so that has helped the the profession move on and, and evolve the other thing is that we have kind of gone full circled or round in circles a number of times that you know um we are coaches and coaching is what is important and um you know we've been through you know oh it's all about strength and all you need is to get strong and then we've been through no it's all about kind of coordination and it's all about um you know uh, and we've been on lots and lots of journeys but I think those people who've done well in their profession and well in their careers are those who um take all these different aspects as tools so Knowing how to to get an athlete stronger is is a yep. tool, and it's it's a fundamental tool, and it's important because you need to be strong and robust. Knowing how to um, rehab an athlete is a tool. Knowing how to get an athlete fast and powerful is a tool and once you've built up your toolbox then how you apply it is your yeah. ability to coach yeah. and that's what's really important so um, people who then kind of throw the baby out with the bath water and go well I'm not going to call myself a strength and conditioning coach anymore I'm going to be a physical preparation expert yeah, or whatever yeah. I'm just like well it's it's the same thing, yeah, yeah. you know. We're we're all we're all talking about preparing athletes for performance, and calisthenics is a tool. We're not saying it's the only thing and the be all and end all, but it's a really good tool, and you know, it's filling that gap mm. that gymnastics was filling before. It's filling other gaps, and it, it's it's great. And so, I think it adds to the profession, and for me, it's it's really good. Yeah. And another thing I want to say is like I am kind of this. Um, this wannabe calisthenics. We all are. I was ask you about this. Talk to us a bit about um, so you've, your training background for your own
0: personal training practices being quite varied. You've done lots yeah. of different sports, yeah. lots of different things, but you're uh, you're you're about to embark on a a slightly new approach and it's not getting easier as you're getting So tell us a bit about what's what's the target when
2: you the next big milestone you can well, divulge your age if you want to but. yeah yeah no, so basically I've, I've done lots of things so played football when I was young did swimming then got into um, athletics track running and then endurance um, stuff so half marathons marathons and so very much an endurance background yeah. but then all my coaching has been kind of in Olympic weightlifting, track and field sprinters and jumpers. And so it's been strength, power stuff. Mm. Um, so my background is a real mixture of endurance and, and strength, power. And then from triathlon, I then got into kind of weightlifting and really got into Olympic weightlifting over a p- quite long period of time. and really good at it? That. Um, I got okay. So I, I like cleaned... Hundred and twenty kilos at seventy kilo body weight and yeah. And, so, yeah. and um, yeah, so I was okay. I wasn't particularly yeah. strong, but I wasn't that's an endurance athlete. Yeah, so for a an endurance, endurance athlete, endurance. For it's fighting you. against you but for, uh, for a sprint athlete, it's rubbish yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, but but then also I was kinda of, I liked kind of um, Real simple gymnastics. So I was never a good gymnast, but kind of just cartwheels and handstands yeah. and, and, and stuff yeah. like that. And so that's it's why, fun. yeah, it's fun. And that's why I'm attracted to calisthenics. And that's why in my mind I can do a flag, but in reality I can't at all. <laughs> so, um, but my big thing is I turned 40 this year and there's a lot of people who've kind you've of... You've got of... Tim's genetics. Yeah, yeah I'm like the yeah. oldest looking great, guy here actually, and the youngest. I've yeah. got a lot more wrinkles than Tim. Great, he's great hair, though. <laughs> 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 yeah. great and enough. boyish good looks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. we should start a boy band for getting calisthenics.
1: I look too old for <laughs> you it. You can be the man. Even though I'm the younger. And <laughs> you've <laughs> got a man bun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Yes, CQT would have taken I spotted another one. No one said anything about it. You're yeah, you, you've seen, seen it
0: Pete but he's, uh, Dave's had a worse haircut than that when he used to have a mullet um, but he's now convinced
1: himself that um, the, what is it? The, the man bun uh, No, someone no, someone, <laughs> told, yeah, someone, told me the man bun is the millennials mullet so, so, it's, so it's the only thing, thing, thing keeping me young I love know. it I love it
2: so yeah, sorry so yeah, what happens so at 40? I turned 40 this year and a lot of people kind of still fit in their 40s and people talk about you know fit over 40 and all this kind of the thing and doing triathlons and Ironman and, and, and events and I'm, I'm all for that I think it's great and I want to do I want to remain fit in my 40s but I want to um, I want to do skill acquisition in your 40s yeah, because yeah. actually everyone says you know you learn skills young and you need to learn skills young. But I'm like, no, I want to learn to do backward somersaults on the trampoline, on the ground. I want to learn flag, okay, that's strength, but there's some skill in that. I yeah. want to learn some skills. Mm. I want to learn backward somersault on my skis in my 40s. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm all about not just fitness, but I'm all about skill acquisition. Yeah, yeah. So like, so what's, we'll see.
1: what's cooler than doing like an Ironman or a marathon at 40 is finishing an Ironman or a marathon at 40 than doing the exactly so that's where I'm going so you've got a great <laughs> amount of experience as a strength and conditioning
0: coach varied training background if you were to sort of give top three tips of of how you what, you, what have you learned that you can then apply into, your, into this new venture that you're going mm. forwards into um, what have you learned and, and what are you going to what, could, what advice could you pass on to other people? Because like, we get a lot of people that start in calisthenics and they come in and they're going to go. Oh, I'm going to do a muscle put a human flag. We talk about redefining your impossible. You're about to set on to that, that journey. That, there'll be some stuff in there where you go, I think
2: I can do it, but it's flipping, it's which scary. one of them feels? Which one of them feels like the most impossible? Just, I don't like going backwards so the backstop, so, Yeah, the backstop, I can do backwards somersaults into swimming pools and all yeah. that but just on the ground and so, it, it, so. I've kind of lost my bottle on the trampoline as well recently yeah. but I've got three kids um, I've got three boys um, one's nearly 12, one's 10 and one's 8 and they've been coaching me. And honestly, they are brilliant coaches. Because they're like, oh, you're leaning back too much, or you're not getting enough height, or you need to bring your knees up to your chest. And they, they know. They say, don't, don't you know thing? that I'm chairman of I'm the like, board? I'm <laughs> like... i'm <So> quite critical. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, well, you haven't seen me do a backwards <laughs> <exercise>. <laughs> No, but the thing is, like, I can't believe... It like the the level of technical input they're giving me yeah i'm like hang on a minute i taught you how to do that <laughs> <it good coaching laughs> but, from you? but, but they can see it and, yeah. and coach me so yeah. they're doing like backwards 360s backwards 180s and stuff so i've got three good coaches at yeah. home who can help That's me cool. but going backwards for me is hard. I, I, yeah. i'm just a bit scared i'm a bit of a wimp So yeah those three so, big hitters are going to get you to where you want to be um, do, do you mean like advice for people in their career in general, or do you mean for me with this venture of yeah, scaling? So, acquisition? What, what you've learned
0: from all of your years as strength and conditioning coach and a range of sports and your own training—like, what are the three things that you think you've learned that are going to help you to do something which is pretty like audacious as a yeah, goal? Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I think um, one is just. Practice, 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 practice. Yeah. Um, you, you just need to, don't you? you? You have to put in the time and the hours. So we were talking about that from a career perspective, but also from like someone asked me today, how long are it going to take
0: me to learn to handstand? And I'm like, and actually, Bridget asked me one of the. She, she's not on the board anymore. She's Bridget, no, but she yeah. was. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And she said to me, if you were starting calisthenics again, what would you do differently? And I said to her, I don't want to sound like a noise, but I don't think I'd change anything because it's we, because we've done it in such a roundabout way we've really learnt so much which means that when we do stuff moving forward, we're actually better coaches because yeah. we've done a fairly random job of training yeah. ourselves but one thing is this guy who said to me like, how is he going to take me to practice to do a handstand I'm like the important part is you understand how much you need to practice to get it mm-hmm. and I think it's the same as if you start on something new you kind of want it really quickly but understanding that these things take time gives you some freedom to just continue down that road because you know you're gonna get there eventually but you understand the time frame
1: which is probably gonna be involved. it's I'm gonna sound like a bit of a nose but it's that's it's the wrong question. The question yeah, is, yeah. what do I need to do, Tim, to yeah. learn how to do a handstand? Yeah, yeah. Because there's a huge number of factors that are outside, some in your control and outside your control. Of how you are going to learn it? We're always in a, we're in a I'm like this is like advice to myself because I'm the worst for it.
2: We're always in a rush to learn. Yeah. Like the first, how yeah. long will it take? I am terrible. I would always yeah. ask that question. How yeah. long will it take me? I, would, I would say that um, uh, if you want.
1: Like, would you change anything to be the coach you are and understand it today? No, not change anything. But if you wanted to learn all the stuff quicker, would you do anything different? Yeah, you yeah, do yeah, stuff different. Yeah, if you want yeah. to just learn yeah. it, yeah. if you want to be a coach, like I've learned so much from just Going constantly it doing it wrong. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And ultimately, yeah. you can confidently say to someone, hey, no, don't do that and you can tell them why if you want, or, yeah. but just do this. But I think yeah, it's an important part works. of a strength and condition
0: coach. I've always used myself as a guinea pig. What happens yeah. if I try and get powerful? What happens if I try and do endurance like I didn't do that for very long because I don't like it? But y- you are experiencing strength, endurance, and power,
2: and what, I'm going to try and put some weight mm-hmm. on what's hypertrophy mm-hmm. look like. So practice... No, it's good. So for, first one's practice. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do four. But the second one is... Um, it is information and coaching so I'll put them together you, you need to get the right information reading yep, a book right. um, you know, accessing the right materials and everything because you need to know what you're doing right. and, and I like to read a lot so I read about everything and I like to understand it so read it but then reading is not just, it isn't good enough you yep. need somebody to coach you whether you think you do or you don't Like I'm the worst self coach in the world I can coach other people but I cannot coach myself that well yeah. because I break all the rules and I want to go from 1 to 10 without doing all the steps <laughs> in between <laughs> so get a coach. So fortunately, like I said, I have three coaches at home, my three boys, who just tell me how bad I am. And like, um, so, so um, but, but yeah, so people should access like your, informa- your yeah, information. Seek yeah. If they, if seek they want out their, experts, yeah, seek out experts. They should get on one of your courses. They should read your stuff online. They should buy your material because they're going to get that, that information and they're going to get that expert coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fourth one for me is inspiration because I, I'm somebody who like i would i'll lose interest if i'm not inspired and i i find people really really inspirational in all areas of my life and so i have to have inspiration so i've even like throughout my career and throughout my life i've even kind of had pictures of inspirational people that i've stuck on the fridge or that i've uh, you know kept on my desk yeah. or on my pin board. Who are some of those people uh, <laughs> 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 you night on the spot Pete. <laughs> yeah. uh, is that allowed I don't yeah know. yeah no so even as a kid like even as a kid I had like pictures of footballers on my yeah, wall so yeah. you know like a, I'm a Liverpool fan so I had Liverpool footballers on my wall I had in the Italian 90 World Cup I had Paul Gascoigne on my wall then I, I had weirdly had Paolo Wanchop <laughs> on you know. it's a match <laughs> magazine and there was like a double page spread of Paolo Wanchop a, I supported Forrest he, he, he played for he Derby was, but he yeah. scored that wicked yeah, dog yeah, against yeah. man here, so it was, was up good, on the wall remember that you've got Oh chuckle brothers God. up now <laughs> <laughs> that's pure inspiration i i i i had lance armstrong at one point and have uh, uh, you uh, since brought <laughs> him down well, not, not really because like he was a good cyclist <laughs> Everyone else was doing it it's fine exactly <laughs> so um, that's a different podcast yeah, yeah that's a different <laughs> podcast but no so he's inspirational um but yeah lo- loads of different ones but um so for me Any inspiration. Um, not that I kind of had pictures on my notice board, yeah. but yeah, yeah loads of inspirations like a, yeah, outside of the sport. But yeah, like you said, that's a, that's another podcast. But um, so where I'm going with that is um, keep tapping into. Like I I I love watching videos. So if yeah. I'm gonna do all these skills and learn these skills in my 40s like I keep telling everyone yeah. I'm going to I'm going to have to kind of tap into videos and, and watch stuff and um, yeah put myself through the pain of watching you boys without your tops on doing handstands yeah. and, but anyway. I'll send you a video <laughs> I'm, I'm learning, like, I'm learning <laughs> to like learning.
1: flip at the moment yeah, yeah. Um, Dan, the, with uh, Sam Oldham at the gymnastic centre there and I did one with his coach where he was naughty because he was gradually not using his hand but he just he didn't tell me he wasn't going to touch me and I went round, so I actually did run on my own but I'll, nice. I'll, I'll send you some inspiration yeah. I'll send yeah, you some yeah. well that's it
2: accountability have you is started another one well. this.
1: Have you, so have you started yeah, these so things you've already started yeah so I'm yeah. not
2: 40 yet but I've Be, yeah, yeah. I'm getting a head start yeah. so um, I've been, de- been doing a little bit of trampolining at home with, yeah. with the, with the yeah. kids as yeah. um, I said um,
1: for three years I'm going to do a backflip and didn't yeah. start till like about three months ago uh, yeah. I've, I've been talking
2: about it far too long but yeah but um, but other ones, like I'd, I've just got to learn to do a static handstand. I can yeah, stay yeah. on my hands for ages walking, yeah, but I, I can't do a static handstand. So I've got to yeah. nail that. Nice. And so, yeah, so inspiration. So keep watching you, your guys' stuff on uh, Instagram because be. it's spamming my Instagram, <laughs> in the Instagram <laughs> yeah. channel. Well, the yeah. thing I find, the thing Lock. I love. <laughs> the, yeah. 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 Yeah, mute, yeah, the thing it, I love yeah, the yeah. most,
1: <laughs> uh, or one of the things that probably. Um, like when I was playing rugby, I used to have like. Um, some like some rugby players that would mm. I would find inspiration on that sort of thing, um, and and probably now the thing I and, and whether you whether you see some of our stuff when we share like all of our students um, when they're like graduating and doing things because mm. a lot of the time we'll. Um, when people send us like videos of them gradually going through it, like we see this, and we probably should put those things together and show the journey of it rather than just showing the graduation when someone can mm. do their handstand mm. or their muscle boy. J- journeys are really inspirational. Yeah. Mm. And just yeah. seeing the, and but just seeing like they just everyone's just like normal,
2: normal people yeah, out yeah. there
1: just doing like some cool stuff.
2: I saw one on of, uh, that you guys put up the other day of some guy doing muscle ups on rings. He, he managed one. He ran up to the camera and he was like, Yeah, 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 yeah And I you was know, like, yeah, That's brilliant. There's a lady, that.
1: Muscle Up Trude, who she's like 40. She's 40, mm. and she's got like scoliosis. She was told by doctors that she'd never be able to do it, and she's doing all sorts of things. It was incredible. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of people out there. Just before we wrap this up, Pete, I I'm I'm just want to ask you because
0: we don't get to speak to people that have got experience in, in F1 particularly. Mm particularly. Mm particularly regularly. It's a world of its own, right? When you see what the guys are doing, the the logistics of, of flying that kind of kit around the world, just we we talk a lot about performance mentality and, and we've got our experience with professional sport, but nothing in in like F one is what's the mentality and the mindset around those guys because it's I mean like I say they're right on the edge a lot of the time they're mm-hmm. pushing the limits are they are they standard down to earth people is there something different about those um, those guys as to, as to how they do that job and especially the demands of. Not having a stable base, mm-hmm. being not—I don't, don't even know how families work mm-hmm. in F1. Um, but that stuff outside of training is a really important mm-hmm. thing. Like we can get a lot of focus on these are the reps and sets and the exercise I need to practice, but all that other stuff. People have got stuff going on in their lives, and, I, and there's probably few that have got such a chaotic life as F1. Is, is mm-hmm. my perception right in that, or is it actually a lot less manic than what it looks like from the outside?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it is manic, and and there's 21 races in the year um, all over the world. Um, and so it's a really um, heavy travel schedule to people who go to all the races so obviously the drivers and all the, the team that, that go with them, the coaches and and um, I think for the drivers it's a heavy schedule but it's probably um you know it's much heavier for the people who are supporting the events Mm. or all the support staff because they go in earlier and they leave later and they don't fly private and and this kind of thing all the time so um it's hard for the drivers but you know the drivers are all different and um go about their sport in different ways like you would expect with Mm. all athletes are different but they all have this kind of deep drive and determination because they're top level performers yeah. and, and so they've got a huge level of commitment um, to the sport and a huge level of commitment to their approach to the sport and and um, you know so it's great to work with people like that and, and for our coaches to obviously work mm. with people like that and to be and for us we're we're trying to break new ground because um, historically it's all been about the car and the human performance um, piece hasn't really been tapped into or mm. hasn't really been um, tapped into in, in a deep way and so mm-hmm. we're trying to do that we're trying to unpick all elements of the the psychology and the the nutrition needed to support the drivers the the, the coping with the heat and the hydration yeah. and the physical preparation and, mm-hmm. and and, and all that and all the lifestyle side of things as well so we're trying to unpick all areas and and, and then integrate it and, and deliver the best po- possible service to these guys so they can just turn up and drive and deliver on the day is
0: the culture of drivers open to that side of human performance because you know some sports mm. like football for example it's taken a long time for football really to catch up with SNC in in comparison of, of many sports mm. a driver is open to the physical training side I guess they understand it to a certain degree of the um, the amount of work that goes into final mm. adjustments on that. Car and, and the, the specialist parts that go in. Do they have that same mentality about themselves? Yeah, I
2: mean, it obviously depends on an individual basis. Some are more open than others, but I, I think, yeah, they are, and it's it's just knowing how to sell the message in the right way at the right time, you know. And and um and so our coaches have really close relationships with their drivers, and 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 they know what the driver needs, and they know how to go about you know implementing that, yeah. and and so. Um, so our system works in that sense yeah. but I'd say by and large that they are open mm. and, and the sport is becoming more and more open and the team managers and the team setups are definitely more and more open to the yeah. human performance side yeah, of things yeah, yeah. Yeah, than they were in the past
1: Yeah. My last question is, is a little bit around, like I've done some of um, the mindset training with the, the para-athletes that we've done, we had a, mm. had a great conversation with Jimmy um, Sam Muldham, it's about um, visualization and when you talk then about psychology what what sort of things like i'm just imagining like the the high levels of of concentration that performing under under pressure and like micro like it's it's they're on their own they've got a team but they're in the car on Mm -hmm. their own and like Mm -hmm. what sort do your the coaches are you are they bringing in um specialists to do like i don't know do, do they do like work on concentration and and visualization and these other sort of parts of a physical performance that's not necessarily like s and c based physicality yeah. is that
2: yeah, so those elements are things that individual drivers would have tapped into right, okay. based on their needs over time, but we're kind of trying to formalize a bit of a better system around that side of things. And um, we're, we're communi- we have a, a number of psychologists in our team and yeah. we're bringing in people and we're trying to get everyone sitting down around the table to talk about, you know, how we can best deliver this side of things but i mean the mental side and the cognitive side is is huge and so when you're driving like reactions yeah so having quick reactions is is really important Mm. but also decision making because you're making decisions all the time and some of it's automatic and you know autonomous and Mm. and you know because every corner you come into you're doing a number of different things you're you're braking, you're changing gear, you're spinning dials and pressing buttons on the steering wheel. I don't know if you've seen the Formula yeah. 1 oh, well, steering wheel, yeah. but there's loads it's and loads crazy. of controls. Um, um, plus, if you go, like when you're going around the corner, you're coping with the G-forces, um, but then you've got the decision-making of where you are on the track and the line mm. you take, and then you checking your wing mirrors and you're seeing where everyone else is. And so you've got all these different elements and the, the visual feedback and... and and then obviously the danger of the the speed and and that so there's a lot of things at play but these guys have been doing it such a long time they practice in the simulator and a lot of this just comes naturally Um, but yeah there's a high mental load and and it's all about their attention and, and their attention not you know maintaining attention but then at the same time they're doing multiple things and switching it's states. that idea of flow
0: state isn't it actually, yeah. I'm guessing there's a sport like that where there's so much complexity to go on that actually finding that, that state of subconscious or unconscious just control of all of those different things yeah. that's when
2: the guys hit it right yeah. yeah and we talk about flow quite a bit and
1: yeah, yeah. it sounds yeah. very demanding and obviously tough but um, yeah they should try driving with my wife in the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah, the, language, <laughs> that the is, language. That is a challenge. So your story. That is a it. challenge.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, really interesting and an insight into a world which a lot of us don't often really get to, yeah. to delve into. Um, so I think we probably need to go and get some dinner. Pete's got an important meeting at 8.30. Yeah. Um, so, Pete, we just want to a massive thanks for joining us and, and also to you for inviting us. And, I mean, Pete was instrumental in getting us to the conference, and um, we're going to go home, and it's a big thing for us to get to speak to, to the group that we got to do today. So we massively appreciate that that you, you got us to the conference and, and gave us a, a platform to share some ideas, and we're oh, glad worries. that we didn't lay you down. Yeah. <laughs> <I just laughs> really embarrass
2: thank, you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and we, we loved it. And, yeah. So, Dave, you can wrap. So. No, no. No. Oh. Because I've forgotten.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just you're, whisper you're, you're class, You say class dismissed. Okay, thanks. Like, you know, like okay. this whole school thing. <laughs> yeah. Pete McDy, until next week. <laughs> class dismissed.
0: We hope that you've enjoyed this week's playground session
1: from the School of Calisthenics. Uh, I certainly did, Tim. I thought that was an absolute crackerjack. Um, so if you also did or even if you didn't like it but you just like us we'd massively appreciate and you like the podcast we'd massively appreciate um, a five star rating on uh, iTunes or whatever platform that you listen to the podcast on Um, it makes us feel good about ourselves but it also helps um, promote the podcast and make more people aware of it so they can enjoy it too
0: so all the best this week with your training guys get out there and redefine your impossible we'll catch up soon until next week Class dismissed.